Today we talk about the Buffalo Bills. Thank you for listening to Caleb versus Self. Uh, I get a chance to speak with Colt, uh, Buffalo Bills commentator. We talk about the AFC Championship game coming up, the future potential contracts for the Bills, and why this city and this team is so special here in Buffalo. I had a ton of fun talking to Colt. Hopefully you guys enjoy. Last but not least, and as always, let's go Buffalo. Colt, thanks for hopping on, man. Um, I've been really looking forward to this one. Everything Buffalo Bills and hopefully deeper. Um, so the thing I want to start with with you is the some of the articles you did on the Buffalo Fanatics, Confessions of a Buffalo Bills Football Freak. I found them pretty cool. The one thing that I would ask you, first and foremost, is it seemed like in your articles you took a, a pretty exceptional stance as far as COVID was concerned at the beginning of the season, especially with the agreements between the NFL and the NFLPA. Given where we are today, would you walk back any of that, or do you still feel like they didn't do the best job there? Uh, I mean, I don't think I would walk back on any of it, just more because a lot of my issue was with it at the time was me being a, a, a union worker myself, right? Just, well, I'm given no opportunity to decide if I should show up to work or not, right, because this is happening. So that was kind of what was taking place for me at that time, um, you know, but they've definitely done a phenomenal job, right? I mean, like somehow we made it through, there were some hiccups in there, you know, here and there, but the, the Buffalo Bills in general, you know, we had a couple snafus with three or four guys at a time, but we never hit like a big, huge surge of it. So I'd say in general, I would backtrack maybe a little just off of like they did they did a really good job of making it happen. And they've done they've kept guys healthy and they've kept guys safe. And I think it's worked out for everybody. That's interesting coming from the perspective of a union worker because we don't look at football players as employees, do we? Like that's not, we don't put them in that category. So for them to be able to make a choice of ah, I'm not going to show up to work today, like I certainly get that point. And I found that fascinating because yeah, ultimately you're right. Like none of us get to say no, nah, I don't, I don't want to go to work because it's not safe. Right, absolutely. And, and not and, and look, I'm not discounting people's lives or anything like that, right? They and, and they had the opportunity at the beginning of the year to say, no, I don't want to do it, right? And guys did, and they chose that, and that's fine. And if my work came to me and gave me that opportunity too, then that would be the choice that I would have to make. Um, but yeah, to me, it's just like there's a lot of other opportunities you know, other opportunities out there in jobs, you know, our postal workers are working every day of the week still. I mean, there's a lot of people exposed to things out there and they're not necessarily getting the same opportunities. And I, I, I guess I never really viewed it the way that you said it, but yeah, we don't really view these guys as employees, but they are employees, right? They, they are paid by a team to perform a job. Their job just happens to be just play football. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's in, in they, they have a real, the other piece of it that I had at the time was that, if anybody had like the best possible safety and healthcare possibilities for these guys, it was the NFL, right? They were going right. to get put into like this extreme safe zone when everybody else just was kind of told like, yeah, just be safe outside. Yeah. That's also a good point. Um, I mean, they're athletes at the end of the day. So for the team, their investment is literally into the physical bodies and athletic ability and health of these players. So that's also a good point. I never really pieced that one together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and there's the flip side of it too, right? These guys have families and that's concerning, right? Well, you know, when I go out to work every day and I come home, I know that there's a possibility that something, I mean, I'm doing my best and I mask up and I do all those things and I'm sure these guys are too, you know? So there is that piece of it and you have to understand the guys that did decide that this was, you know, the right thing for them to do was to just, you know, sit this one out. I don't, you know, I'm not going to tell people how to live their lives or, you know, make choices for other people. And sure, I can criticize just the way as people could criticize me. I mean, that's part mm -hmm. of what this life is and what, you know, what we've, we're allowed to do in this world as long as you're respectful. You know, I don't think I said anything like derogatory towards anybody during the time specifically or anything. It was just kind of my view of it. And I'm glad it's worked out for everybody. We've got a phenomenal season. You know, our bills have been safe and, you know, Western New York's getting through it. Um, you know, so it's everybody's getting through it, you know, so it's a team effort all the way around. Yeah, you certainly weren't being derogatory. I think for me, what caught me off guard about the articles and what I appreciate about them is just the perspective alone, because again, we don't look at these guys like employees. We don't look at them through the same lens as I might look at you when you go to work or vice versa. So I appreciated that kind of extra perspective on it. Like, okay. And you're right, right? They've got families. They need to be safe. 
Uh, but but we also have to be honest, it's it's a little bit different for them than it is for us. But overall, the NFL, I feel like, has done a, a pretty good job um, short of a couple of teams just blowing up. Tennessee, yeah. for example. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they've they've had some outbursts for sure. <laughs> right, right. So later on in the first article that you wrote in something that – I think is going to go driving in towards the future is, is obviously with the bills. It's always about the cap. It's always about how much they're spending. And the release of Trent Murphy at the beginning of the season was a, a hotly debated topic. I mean, in your article, you talk about how the team would have saved 8 million in the cap, given the fact that he was back against the Ravens and made some, I would argue pretty helpful stops against Lamar Jackson going into next year. Is that somebody you're looking at still most likely moving on from? He can stick around if he wants to play for like two million. Yeah, right. But I mean, my, my issue with Trent Murphy has always been his price tag. I don't. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying he's not a good football player. And yes, I 100% agree that last week when he played against Baltimore, he made a big impact. And if you go back and you look at the previous year when we played against Baltimore and Lamar had a terrible game, Trent Murphy had a big impact. There was a reason he was in there. He's very good at covering the edge and holding his edge. When he's on and he plays well, he's a great player. He's a great team player, and he loves Western New York. You see him hunting all the time. He fits in. He he, he If he wants to come back and play for $2 million, I'm cool with that. It's just $9 million was a lot for a guy that was you know a healthy scratch for five, six games towards the end stretch here. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And I feel like this year with the – and I'm going to transition just a little bit here with the defensive line as a whole – I was having a conversation with some coworkers a few weeks ago, and I tried to make the argument, and I'm going to pitch it to you and kind of see what you think, that the loss of Star Latulule for this season was what hurt the Bills for the first, well, I would say when they went through their midseason slide there. And I was trying to make the argument that when you don't have a guy like Star Latulule that's eating up double teams, because that's what he did a lot last year, you don't have Milano and... Edmonds and your linebackers to be able to run at the running backs or the running quarterback uh, free. I wonder, do you feel like that was somewhat impactful for this year, given the fact that our rush defense, let's be honest, has, has not been good. So my first question to you is, are your coworkers Bills fans? They are. Secondly, do they watch the games? Maybe not as closely as I do. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, but thirdly, yeah, I mean, yes. We struggled early because of the loss of Star, and it became apparent that very quickly that that was going to hurt us a little bit. I would be, I would argue with you now, though, that we have figured that out. I know it looks like we've been giving up a lot of run yards lately, uh, but it's typically in the beginning, and then we shut them down. I mean, this defense is turning into what it did in 2019 when it was one of the top-rated defenses in the league that nobody wanted to play. You could absolutely make your way down the field between the 20s, but once you get down there, you you may not get points, right? And you, you're going to either turn the ball over, you're going to get a field goal, and we're okay with that, especially the way that this offense is now. We've never had an offense like this. But absolutely, Star was missed early on, but I think we've figured that out. And I think part of that at the same time was that Edmonds was he was nicked up, right, which yeah. wasn't helping. And we were still trying to figure out what was going on with this this defensive line and trying to piece together. I mean, if you look at who started on the defensive line at the beginning of the season, who to really who's heavy in the rotation right now, it's a different group. Yeah. And there, you know, Zimmerman's in there now. You've got you've got Phillips is in there a little bit here and there now. Oliver is playing really good football right now. I know he doesn't get on the stat sheet a lot, but if you go back and you really watch games and you slow down and you look at it, he's doing a very good job of trying to be star's role, but that's not what he is supposed to be. Right. Well, that was a huge transition for him, right? Trying to take on a position that he doesn't traditionally play. And I feel like throughout the season, and to your point with the whole Bills, especially the front seven, they had to figure that out. How do we play without star being able to eat up a lot of the inside stuff? Because that's that freed everybody else up to do what they're good at, mm-hmm. especially Absolutely. the last two years. Well, and plus Milano was dinged up during all of this too, right? So, I mean, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle that weren't quite there, you know, right. but absolutely. I mean, you, you miss them, but do I want them back next year? Not necessarily. 
Fair and enough. Unfor- and unfortunately, he's going to, you know, he's going to probably be back and we're going to pay him good money realistically. And I just, I, now that I've seen what we have at the end of the year here, I would, I, I don't know that we need him. And if we need, still feel like we need that role, I'd rather we go out and get it somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. When you're talking about paying players, especially on the defense coming into next year, I know we're not anywhere near that. We've got the AFC championship uh, coming up this weekend, which we'll get to. Um, but going into next year, if I'm if I'm looking at my crystal ball, from your perspective and from your opinion, what do we do with Matt Milano? Yeah, so I, I like that we're doing this because this is what good teams do. They think ahead, even though they are playing in AFC championships. They have people in the building that are looking ahead because it yep. is very important to be able to replicate this next year or something very similar to this, right? Like, you know, you can't bring everybody back. Uh, Milano is going to be an interesting situation. Uh, he missed a lot of games this year, so I, I thought we might catch a break where we might be able to do like a, a one-year kind of prove-it deal where he might want to stick around in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's played really well down the stretch. He, which, he really has. Which is going to make it very difficult to not at least probably sign him to like a three- or four-year deal at kind of decent money. I would still kind of hope that he's willing to work. And, I, and I've been saying this for a long time now, and I believe we're going to see it take place is the way that these guys are with each other is we're going to see some hometown discounts. We're going to see some guys start to kind of maneuver their numbers a little bit so they can keep this team together. I mean, you see, you see this happen with championship teams. They make these kind of moves. I mean, Tom Brady's playing for $25 million right now. Mm-hmm. He's considered the greatest quarterback of all time, and he's playing for $25 million. You do that because you know that that wide receiver over there wants 17 and that tight end wants 12. Mm-hmm. That's the rest of your salary that you typically would be taking. So I, I think that Milano, he's he's been banged up so much, I, I tend to like dismiss him, but he's played so well at the end of this that I hope that he doesn't go. In a minimum, I, I would really like if we could to get him on a one-year deal to see if he can truly stay healthy. To give him fully guaranteed – I wouldn't even care if we did something like that where we just went fully guaranteed at like, you know, nine, 10 million, you know, give him Trent Murphy's money next year and, and just go with that. Yeah. I mean, my fear always with these contracts and that's the next step in this equation too, because I think next season you've got to think about what you're doing with Josh Allen. And the last thing that I want for the Buffalo bills is to end up with a Carson Wentz contract with that type of production or with a Jared Goff and that type of production, because it's very easy that we would slip into this idea that he is infinitely the man. Um, that's not always the case. And I feel like bringing in Stefan Diggs has really proved that although Josh Allen has made huge strides, you still need good people around him. Absolutely. And real, when we started the beginning of the season, Milano was slated at sport track was saying he would have been about 17 million a year would have been the numbers he was looking at before he got hurt for that long stretch. So right. he was going to cost us. Allen, I've heard rumors that there's an extension in the works at the end of the season. Um, so the the good thing about that is they can extend it just off of his rookie deal, right? right. So it doesn't have to take place until like two years from now, realistically. Uh, and I've heard four or five years, which I'm 100% on board with because I don't like the Patrick Mahomes contract. Ten years? Yeah, in ten. three, Yeah, in three to four years, he could tec- technically be like middle of the pack yep. in pay, right? Like – and so I would much rather we do four to five with Josh. That makes him about 30 years old. He'll still be productive. He'll still be good. We redo another four to five year deal at that time. That's good for him and good for everybody. So I, I anticipate we'll extend him, but I hope that we do it in a respectful way that gives him the opportunity to get another chance and gives us a chance. Yeah. In case that's, things go sideways. I mean, that's the let's fear be, because let's be, yeah, let's, be, let's be frank. We've been yep. doing this a very long time. You know, if you go look at the list, it's been a very long time. And I 100% believe that he is the guy. But the guy has been taken out of a lot of places before, right? So you just, you have to be prepared for it not to be. And right now, like, that would be more of my concern at this point is, like, Matt Barkley comes in and he's he's not good. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, he's not Josh Allen good. And so we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I stand on it. Well, I still have, like contract PTSD from the six game series that Fitzy had. When was that? Two thousand when we we gave him sixty million, I think. Yeah, I mean a good six the, games. The only positive thing I can tell you now is Bean doesn't do that. He doesn't roll right. like that. Um I that 
that's the other piece of this is I have a very calm and cool because I even if if I have to watch Milano walk out the door, there's a plan. I gotta believe there's a plan. Well, we and, actually have a number one draft pick this year. Granted, it'll be like 30, 31, 32, but we have a pick this year. I know, but is there like a team that wants us to give a good linebacker to us that doesn't fit in? Because I, I'd rather go that route again this year too because it worked really well for us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good point. What do you make of this relationship between Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs? Because I've got some thoughts regarding where Stefan came from and Kirk Cousins in that relationship. I mean, I uh, saw a meme today This that was a picture of Stefan looking at Josh, and it said, hey, my mom said she could drive us to Kansas City. Can your mom pick us up? <laughs> so, yeah. I'm pretty sure these dudes are, like, the best of friends somehow, some way. Like, it's, is it not, it's not just good for Buffalo. It's not just good for the Bills. It's good for, like, America in general. Right. I mean, it's just like it's two dudes from two different places, two different backgrounds, and they just have found the perfect situation where they can work together. They can thrive together. They can be good together. And I mean, it's it's phenomenal. It's been incredible to watch. I mean, this doesn't typically happen with first year guys getting together, especially when you got a guy like Josh Allen, who was terrible at throwing the ball for two seasons. Yep. to then come in and have his production just go up so much and his consistency go up so much. And then he's got this just phenomenal football player. I mean, this dude looks unstoppable at times. Like there, there's nobody – you can put three people on him and he's still standing alone in the middle of all three of them. Right? Yeah. You know, it, it's like the stuff that he does is just incredible. And it's, it's great. I mean, this is – the city has been dying for this, right? And it's so nice that they're going to get it. And they're going to get it in a big way for a long time, I think. I was having that a similar conversation with my brother, and we were talking about where Stefan came from. And I kind of made a little bit of an argument for this idea that, that Kirk Cousins was not able to handle the personality or the emotions of a guy like a Stefan Diggs, whereas Josh Allen is like, he's a little more calmer, he's a little more reserved, and I think that Stefan kind of brings a little bit more of that passion and that fire out of him, so... It's been really good because at the same time, Josh can also be like, all right, Steph, let's, you know, let's calm down just a second. Let's get this figured out and let's go throw the ball around. It's been a really nice mutual kind of balancing for both of them, I feel like. Whereas in in Minnesota, Kirk Cousins doesn't he doesn't act that way. He doesn't have that, I think, innate ability to connect with a guy like Stefan and be able to to bridge that gap, bridge that divide. And I felt like because of that, he got a lot of bad kind of rap if you will coming out of uh, Minnesota and I know for a lot of Bills fans we were kind of scared like shoot are we going to get another diva guy that's going to cause issues yeah I mean I all that was it's pretty on point I think everything you just said is like almost nailing that you know just hitting the nail on the head with everything he Kirk Cousins doesn't have that vibe to me that he's a like the guy that's gonna go to battle with you right and and josh has that he has that feeling and he he's catching him at a and i think maybe the other piece of it is jefferson in in minnesota this year did have a really good season right i mean so the draft pick that we gave up to get stefan diggs gave minnesota jefferson and jefferson got like rookie of the year type of numbers right i mean so he had a great season so cousins can throw the ball but that's a rookie that guy doesn't know anything other than just go run your route, dude. Yep. This this is Stephon Diggs. This is a guy who you're paying big money, and he understands the game very well. So you could easily see that there would be friction. Kirk does not look like the guy that's just, like, out there. And I think when Stephon came right over, he just immediately said, what about Josh Allen? I mean, he's a dog. He comes to work, and he wants yep. to be with guys that want to come to work. You can tell that he, he loves the game of football. And he wants guys that want to work. And if if you can't take a little constructive criticism or a little ride in your ass about me putting my life on the line to go out and win a football game the same way that you are, then we shouldn't be on the field together, right? Like I I don't have a hard time with that. And I if if that's why you don't want that guy around because he wants to ride everybody on your team and be like, look at the guy next to you, and you give him everything you've got. If you're not going to do that, then don't show up here. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean. I just feel like I and what I'm interested to see because there was a there was a tidbit where uh, Justin Jefferson there's a hot mic moment I think it was in the Saints game that they played 
or he's yelling at Kirk, just throw the damn ball. I don't think he said damn though. Um, and I wonder in the next year or two, if that relationship is going to kind of go down a similar path as what Stefan had the last two, three years that he was in Minnesota, just because Justin Jefferson seems like he has a similar personality, just high emotional, high octane type of guy, which a lot of number one wide receivers are, but can you manage that relationship? This isn't Adam Thielen who tends to be a bit more of a chill, chill type of guy. Like obviously he works hard. I'm not taking anything away from that, but he's not that type of an emotional um, commentator talk, you know, that type of a guy. So I'm interested to see in the next two years, if that Justin Jefferson pans out, you know, playing with Kirk cousins or if it goes down a similar path. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's because you're you're basically complaining about what you built. You you yeah. went to this guy and you said the number one wide receiver. You're the alpha. You're the dog. You're the you're the meanest dude out here. None of these dudes deserve your respect. Nobody can stop you. You are the number one football player on this field. These guys have been being told that their entire lives, mm-hmm. and then they don't like it when he's like, "I'm the number one dude." You know, like like what you you just told them to do that. Right. You're like, you are the number one guy. You've taught him that his entire life. And he said it just this last week. Right. You know, like there's just certain situations that people are supposed to be in. And he feels like he's found that situation and he's where he's supposed to be. And he's he congratulated. If you go and look, he tweeted right after Justin Jefferson broke the record. He tweeted him congratulating him. This Mm -hmm. is the guy who's a diva and is impossible to play with, who led the league in receiving this year. I mean, like. It's just fit. A lot of this is personalities. And, and sure, Kirk Cousins is the quarterback, so they probably just were like, Kirk's not happy right now. Yeah, and unfortunately, he's the one that holds the ball every play. Yep. So if he's not happy, sorry, bud. And you had a great wide receiver this year, and he's probably going to be good. And like you said, he's probably going to leave in three years when he can. And you're not in the playoffs. Yep. And I wonder how much of that Brandon Bean saw. When you were talking earlier about RGM – Brandon Bean feels like, and I could be just gassing myself up because I'm a Bills fan, but he feels like the executive that that we absolutely needed, who's just pragmatic, practical, logical, and he's putting pieces together where they fit. And he's really, him and Sean McDermott, to be fair, I got to give him some credit as well. When you talk about looking at the guy first, not necessarily his skill set every single time. I want a guy who's a dog. I want a guy who can, who can play hard, who can play anywhere, because that's been their kind of M- MO, right? Like, you look at uh, a Matt Milano, he's doing everything. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, he's doing everything. The, that defensive line, uh, the amount of switching out that they're doing, um, you've got to be able to play almost anywhere on the field in order to play for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I mean, and in, in not discounting uh, Bean at all because I love him, and, I, and I'm so happy that he's here. I'm so happy that we extended him, but we've extended a team. Right, we 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 extended McDermott. We've kept Bean. It looks like we're gonna have Josh Allen long term. We've got Diggs long term. We're building a true franchise. I mean, this is we're building a true franchise. We're building what New England has had built for years. Yep. We're gonna turn this place into a destination where people want to come and play, right? Because they're winning football games. You're getting superstar players in here now that are talking highly of it. In, in just enjoying it. And it's because Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have a belief. I mean, you see Dable, he's not even like bummed at all. He's like, yeah, sure. I want to be a head coach, but that's not what I'm trying to do right now. Yep. Right. This is, this is a team. They're They true. I believe that this building truly believes that they are building something that's long-term and it's going to be incredible. And it starts with him. He, you know, he makes the decisions, but I think they work really well together. And I, when I say it starts with him, that's because he's making the decisions. But did you ever see the? Uh, did you read that piece about when they were talking about uh, the Mahomes trade and Pagula was in love with Mahomes? Pagula was telling them the day he walked in the door that Mahomes was the guy. Mahomes was the guy. That's the guy. We got to get Mahomes. That's the guy. I did not read that. Oh yeah. So he, he basically, it's, it, it came out that he was a hundred percent on board saying that Patrick Mahomes is going to be a phenomenal quarterback and we needed to draft him, but he had just purchased the team and he had just placed Sean McDermott as the new head coach. And he was not about to overstep his head coach. Right. So he let him make his decision and they passed and we got Trey. We so did. we, we, we did get a great, didn't we? we, we did get a great player. Right. Yeah. So we traded and went back to 2027 20, and got Trey. 
right? He's mm-hmm. 27, 22 or 27 and got Trey. But yeah, he it, it's out there that he was 100% Mahomes is the guy. Which is pretty good, realistically, for a guy who gets his money from fracking and came right, in right. and was like, yo, this is the next best football Natural. player in the NFL. Natural gas, and then all yeah. of a sudden you pick the right guy? Yeah. You know, he's but like, yeah, this is the MVP. There's also another argument to, to continue on about that, and I think I've heard some folks say it. I, I'm not sure exactly where I heard it, but um, uh, situation matters almost as much as the quarterback at this point. Like, great, cool, you have Patrick Mahomes, but if you have a terrible defense if you have no one for him to throw to he's just going to get beat up yeah well we don't know what would have taken place if we would have drafted Patrick Mahomes right right that's there's always that that's why that's why when when a guy like Stefan Diggs says that there's places where people are supposed to be I believe it 100% because you see it all the time in the NFL there's certain situations where a guy fits look at Ryan Tannehill crap in Miami once in Tennessee, he can't necessarily win the big old game for him, but he's had two phenomenal seasons back to back. You know, he's not doing anything exceptional to win the games, but he's not costing games. He's putting up great numbers and he's leading them in the playoffs. And he yeah. was washed out in Miami. Yeah, so, he was he was on his way out the door for sure until Adam Gaze was out the door first. Yeah, and I mean, look at Sean McVay right now. Uh, you know, they they yep. build and they go to the Super Bowl with. Jared Goff, and now there's talk that they're going to move on from from Goff already. Yeah. So, situational. Yeah, I think this next offseason coming up will be very interesting for for quarterbacks particularly. I mean, it is every year, to be fair, Uh, but there's a lot of weird holes and weird situations. You've got the Deshaun Watson issue in Houston. You've got Carson Wentz. Uh, You know, they're talking about moving on from him, even though that dead cat money – is going to be ridiculous. Same thing with Goff. He's kind of in a similar situation as Wentz. Maybe yeah, not I mean, as specific because seven or eight quarterback spots possibly this year. Yeah. Uh, what? Well, who? Who just retired? Philip Rivers just retired yeah, from Phillip Indianapolis. You a- got Indianapolis. Possibly you've got New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You're going to have also Jacksonville, which they'll you know number one pick, so they'll they'll handle their situation probably. The Jets maybe maybe up in the air. Uh, yeah. Ch- Chicago is probably still up in the air. San Francisco still up in the air. Detroit could possibly be moving on from Stafford. I mean, you got Denver with Drew Locke, the Patriots. I mean, and backup quarterbacks in the NFL right now are not very good. No. There's a a big separation on a lot of these teams right now from the superstar to the guy standing behind him. Certainly. uh, Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens because I'm I'm only hearing like three to four names really that are draft worthy, you know, and you're – what are you going to do with it? Did you see enough from Taysom Hill – if you're Sean Payton to say that he's the guy or are you going to hold on, you know, to, to Jameis or, you know, so there's a lot of things like what are the Colts going to do? Are they just going to be okay with Jacoby because they moved on from Jacoby to bring in Phillip for the season. Right. And then now they're going to go back to him. Like that's probably not going to happen. It appears San Francisco wants out of the Jimmy G train. Right. You know, so something's going to take place there. Matt Ryan in Atlanta, it it might be time to move on. Right. It, It just might be that time. It's it's definitely going to be wild. Yeah, for sure. There's going to be some guys wearing some uniforms that maybe you never thought would wear that uniform. Somebody, I forget who it was, like it was on like a national, like legit, like they get paid to talk about football. And they said that Cam was probably going to be signing like a $20 million deal for somebody next year. Really? He played for like $1 million this year and he was terrible. Yep. Do you think somebody's going to pay him 20 to do that? Jeez. I hope not. Unless well, it's the Jets. Him. Unless if it's the Jets. Make that happen. If it's the Jets, it's okay. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, let me move on to the obviously what I want to talk about most is the AFC championship game going up. Um it's it's what is it slated for six o'clock on Sunday. It's arguably it seems like the best matchup of the two games, probably the more exciting game, or at least if it's not exciting, it better be because the the Bills are blowing out the Chiefs. I don't think that's gonna happen. How do you feel like, at least at this point, they match up with the Chiefs come Sunday? Yeah, so the if you're if you're a gambler or you pay attention to that kind of stuff, they have the Chiefs favored at three points, yep. um, which is interesting because typically as like a home team, I know there's not a ton of home field advantage right now, but you as a home team, you almost get like one to two points typically. So they're yep. saying this is closer to like one to a pick them realistically, 
I guess mm-hmm. is what Vegas. I went and looked at some look ahead lines, what were kind of interesting about how the Super Bowl matchups could be, which really threw me off on this line the way that they f- did the future lines. But besides all that, we watched these two teams play earlier in the season, uh, 26-17. Buffalo looked terrible. Yep. Uh, Kansas City ran all over us, 245 rushing yards, and we held all of their pass catchers under, I think it was 80 yards. I mean, t- I think Tariq had 20 yards. Uh, I think it was like 70-some yards for Kelsey. I mean, like we, we held them in check, but they rushed for 245 yards, and we looked terrible. But these are two different teams. Like we, that team that we were in week six compared to where we are now is completely different. And with all of that, and I'm a little superstitious. And have you heard the whole 1994 stat and who we play in the AFC Championship in 1994? I have not. Okay, so I'll break it down for you. Uh-oh. So the last time that we were in the AFC Championship was January 24th, 1994. Mm-hmm. We were playing in the AFC Championship on January 24th, 2021. In that game in 1994, we played against the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. We won that game 30-13 to 13, the last time that we won an AFC championship. So my superstitious side, plus some of the other stuff a couple weeks ago when the Bills were listening to, like, can't touch this, and that was the year that the year that it was released was the last year that we won a playoff game. Um, mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little, a little friendly vibe. And um, Mahomes is playing uh, with a potential hit that could maybe knock him out of a game. You know, this concussion, I didn't have a concussion. I had one, I didn't. Uh, I'm a little nervous about that toe of his. And the way that this team is playing right now, I think we're ready. I think we're set. We're going to make a move. And I think this is our time. So you're taking the Bills on Sunday, essentially. Yeah, I'm going to absolutely take the Bills plus the points because there's no way we're we're getting – this. Is, I, I believe this is going to be – I called it earlier 28-24 Buffalo. Wow. Okay, calling the shot. I like it. Uh, man, I, I was at work today and everybody's nervous. I mean, I've never seen so much anxiety in an office that normally is so laid back. And I kind of want to segue that into what the bills mean to the area, because I think this is the most hype that anybody in Western New York has ever been. It feels like, I mean, tables are, they're saying at the local sporting goods store, I think Dick's they're selling tables for 50 bucks a pop because they know everybody wants a table so that they can run out and body slam themselves into it as soon as the bills win. What do you feel like is so important? And what, what's that relationship between Buffalo, the fans and the team? Why is that so important here in Western New York? It feels like than a lot of other markets, at least in the NFL. So it's funny that you brought up the table breaking and that stuff, right? Cause I'm here in California and uh, one of the guys I work with sent me a thing that showed the Dick's sporting goods earlier selling the tables for $50 a pop, even have broken tables on display. Right. Yeah. Like they have broken tables on display. Right. Like, so, I mean, that tells you what this, what this is and it, and it's, and I know on the surface to a lot of people on the outside, it just looks foolish and crazy. Right. And some of it is right. And some of it absolutely is, but realistically what this is all about is it's about a group of people who believe in each other enough that truly care about each other and will help you out. Right. Like there's not many places that you can truly go and have that happen. And, and I think that you see that all the time with this team, especially when they're winning. I mean, the Bills Mafia has donated almost over $2 million this year. Yep. You know, between three different things, you know, between the Josh Norman Buffalo Blitz for all the businesses locally, the, the Oshie Children's Hospital. I can't think of the other one off the top. Or Del, and even Del Reed with 26 shirts is up over a million dollars. I mean, like this community thrives off of this and they show it all the time that they are willing to bend over backwards no matter how bad they're getting beat up. And the area is, you know, just when a major playoff drought, the Sabres are terrible. The yep. economy is, is failing, COVID shutting everything down, and they're still pulling money out of their pocket to fly flags around the stadium so the team knows that they care about them. You know, they're helping out with the Buffalo Blitz. They're helping out with donate money when their quarterback's grandma passes away, God bless her, who they've never met. I mean, that's that's just insane, right? It feels insane. It's, it feels like it's this thing that, like, you should just be like, no, that's not even possible. You're just making this crap up. But – this this Western New York would die without that team. 
I mean, that team, even when they were bad, keeps it together because that area, you get beat up by snow. Uh, industrial has failed miserably in the area, you know, just throughout time. You've almost lost big businesses like Kodak and things like that. Like Western New York has taken a beating and it's always taken a beating and it gets snowed on for months. You know, like it's like the you could argue it's a terrible place to be, but there's a ton of phenomenal people there that believe in what they're doing and they believe in looking at the person next to them because they know that they're going to help them if they need it. And I don't, I, I don't see that here where I live. I mean, so that, that's the other part of it. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you put in that perspective. Cause I mean, living in such harsh weathers and, and granted it's not Antarctica, but you know, we get some pretty massive snow drifts and you've got neighbors out here helping digging each other out of, of snow drifts and, and, and shoveling out driveways and, I feel like when you live in an environment like that, and this goes for, quite frankly, in the NFC matchup there, the Green Bay fans absolutely seem to have a similar, right? You've got Green Bay, you've got Pittsburgh, you've got Buffalo, you've got Cleveland. I'm not a Pats guy, but you, I guess yeah. you can kind of I mean, I hate them, but they're, they're there. They're in that same, right? It's, it's outdoor stadium. They're in cold weather environments. And those fan bases in that area seem to really be committed and the Bills Mafia and the Bills team really exemplify that. I mean, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they were donating to Lamar Jackson's. Yeah, that's the other one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's the other one I can't remember. Yep. Let's go back to, what was it, 20, 2017 when we made the playoffs? We backed into the playoffs because of Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton, yep, we did that one too. The other cool piece about the Lamar Jackson one, actually, is um, that's where Eric Wood is right now. You know, that's where he went to He went to college there too. And uh, so he, he reached out and, you know, let everybody know how cool it was too. I mean, that's just – that's what it is, right? It's, I mean, it's like – and people would be like, what you know, they feel like it's like this – I mean, I don't know. They look at it like it's like you're slighting them or it's like a slap in the face or whatever. Like he got hurt. So you went out and did something nice. Like I've, I've heard like some people trying to spin it that way. Like it's, you know, you're like trying to slap him in the face. Like, oh, he got hurt. So we'll go help you out. It's like, no, you, you felt bad. It's like we don't want to win a game because your starting quarterback got hurt. You know, right. we don't want Lamar Jackson to never be around to play football again. That's important to the NFL. It's important to everybody. You know, and his his life matters to everybody, too. So the outreach is because we understand that people have tough times. Things don't always go your way, but you can look around and there's going to be people there helping you out. I think what's also interesting, too, uh, at work around the office, obviously in Western New York, not everybody is a Bills fan. But because of the atmosphere, because of everybody hyping it up, like you can just you can feel the energy around Western New York, whether you go to Wegmans or if you're out in Buffalo uh, you know, you're going about your day. There's Bills flags, and everybody's just so hyped up about this game. They're so excited about the team, and it's just it's bleeding over into every aspect of so many different lives that you can't help if you're not a Bills fan and you're around here to just root for the Bills to just be a part of that. And and it's been really cool to watch. It's been really fun to see. I also think for the most part, people who are Bills fans are so much more welcoming. It seems like of people who just never watch football or just never follow it. And they're like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll watch the bills with you guys. And it's like, yeah, hell yeah, let's go. It's a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. I mean, even when you're there tailgating, you know, like at the mud ladder or whatever, it's like when the dolphin fan comes through, you know, they're coming because they're just getting booed. Right. But they're getting booed. They're getting booed. They're getting booed. And then you're watching people hand them food and hand them beer and hand, hand them everything else. Right. Like we appreciate the fact that you're willing to stand up for your team. Right. That's what that's what being a fan is like some of these places like where I'm at right now. You only know when there's San Fran fans around when they're winning. Besides that, you don't know who a San Fran fan is. Right. It's, it's, it's just like it's the same. Like I moved out here and I was like, I know I, I thought everybody was a Raiders fan. And then all of a sudden San Fran was winning and it was like San Fran hats everywhere. So like San Fran's right. the best. I'm like, no, that's not how this works. You know, like and you don't get that back where we're at. You know, it's or I say it like I'm still there, you know, and and. Actually, what I just said is pretty much, I think that encompasses it all. Well, like and the I'm fan- there. I treat that place like I'm still there. Right. And the fan base itself is everywhere. I know I went to Colorado. I went to Denver with my wife just to have a long weekend with her. And we were walking around downtown Denver and we walk into a bar to get a bite to eat. And sure enough, it is Bill's. It's Bill's. Mm-hmm. It's Sabres. You're in the middle of Denver. You're like, how is there a Bill's bar here? What the hell's going on? But as I look into it and I find out, and we were talking before the podcast, even out in England, like there's a pretty big fan base of, of Bills fans in England. Yeah, the UK Bills backers, uh, they they do their own show. 
there's some there's some guys over in England do a, a bill show. I mean, it's there's a Kazakhstan one, there's Australia, there's I mean, it's everywhere. This this isn't just a, I, it's not just a team. It's a mentality, right? It's yeah. I guess that's the best way to say, it, right? Is it's just it's a mentality. It's a brotherhood. It's a you know it's a team effort. It's like we can all be better if we just do it together. I think for a lot of things as well, what's what's been nice about watching this, given you know, all the race issues we've had and all the things that have gone on, especially the last four or five years, whether it's politically, whether it's the whole world, whether it's COVID, one of the things that I feel like is overlooked a lot too is the fact that Josh Allen, when he came out in the draft, got nailed for some tweets that he had as a younger guy. And he's been able to go into this locker room, win over his teammates. And and I know it's not talked about a lot, but in a lot of ways, it feels like it's like a second beginning. And I think that also exemplifies a lot of what Buffalo Bills fans are about. Like, hey, people screw up, but you can always come back. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's a, there's second chances, right? I mean, there's, yeah, you can burn bridges in life and you can do all those things. And I, I mean, that shouldn't be the way that you're trying to approach what you're doing in your life, obviously, right? But there's there's something to be said with the fact that there's people that leave other places and they come. I mean, Diggs is the prime example of that, right? Everything that was said about him was how terrible of a person he is. And then he walks into a room over here and it's like an entire city's like, what? You know, like he's a terrible person, huh? Okay. <laughs> well, if this is what terrible is, then do you have any more of them? Because we'll take like 25 of them. Right, because he's, I... he's a phenomenal. I saw like uh, even today I was just scrolling through Twitter and just a random guy I follow. Diggs stopped at the gas station like eight feet away and took a picture in the background with a guy. You know, like, yeah, he's he's a terrible person. Right. Another person I would put in that same category is Josh Norman. Yeah, absolutely. He had, he's, he's changed his tune in Buffalo for sure. hundred percent. I mean, he had he was great in, in Carolina, obviously, with Sean McDermott and his defense down there. Um, he went through, if I'm not mistaken, this weird spat essentially with OBJ like two years ago. I think he was still in uh, New York and they were going at it. He goes over to the Redskins. Um, he, he doesn't have a great time there. It seems like um, he finds his way up to Buffalo back with Sean McDermott. And initially I felt like, okay, like it's a bit of another Carolina retread. Like we've been, I mean, I don't know if anybody remembers Kelvin Benjamin. That was rough to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has, he has changed his tune. He has, I think he was on, uh, I forget what he was on, but he was talking about Bill's Mafia and how he has appreciated what the fan base is all about. And it seems like to really start to understand like what it means to play in Buffalo. And it's been fun to watch stuff like that as well. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't had a great football season, right? No. But he's, he's fit into the community, which has been awesome. I think we were, uh, he was on Colin Cowherd. I think it was. I, I think he, you're right. Yep. And he was chatting about it and, I mean, he's the one that started the whole Buffalo Blitz thing. Mm-hmm. The guy's been there for what um, six months, right? Yep. And he like felt the need to be like, you know, like this community. I believe in this community that much that I'm going to do this. I'm going to invest my time and my energy into that. And I think, yes, he was having a real tough time in Washington. He got a little diva status, I think, when he got paid in Carolina. There, they had him. Which, again, I. This is what we create these guys to be. We tell Darrell Revis, you're going to get paid $25 million a year because you're the best cornerback in the league. Nobody can run by you, yeah. right? And then when Josh Norman starts to be terrible, it's it's not as easy to buy that anymore, right? So he's come over to the Bills, and he's changed his tune. He's been a team player. He's fit in when he needed to fit in, and he's supporting a community that he doesn't really need to. So, I mean, that in some, that in, that's just to me like – that's what this entire city and this team is all about. Like, it doesn't matter what you've been around, what your thought of it was. Come in, just talk to us, give us a chance. You're going to find out that we're here, we're great people, and we're ready to do whatever you need us to do to support you as well. It's it's hard for people who have never seen it, never been a part of it, never been to a Bills game um, to really understand. But damn it all, if it's not the best fan base, at least I'm aware of, I think. Um, like I said before, there's, there's other ones that are definitely up there. You know, you've got, you've got Pittsburgh, you've got Cleveland with the dog pound, you've got green Bay, but but that's a fan owned team. I mean, that's, you can't take that away from them. No, not at all. Not at all. But of course, being from this area, just like you were, you are, um, there's, there's something that's a little bit different about, about Bill's teams, especially with the fact, and, and the only other team I could put in there is the Browns, obviously, because every other place South 
of us or in good weather, if you're not winning, you're not relevant. Whereas here with Bills fans, with Cleveland fans, like they still show up. We're still here. We're still about our football. We're still about our community. And it's, it's been fun to watch finally getting that payoff. And and I hope it continues into, into a Super Bowl. So if I could segue real quick into the NFC championship, how are you feeling about that one? If you're calling your shot, what are you calling on that game? It's, yeah, uh, I'm just uh, green. I'm gonna go Green Bay. I just, is, I, you know, and Brady's playing phenomenal right now. I just Green Bay looks very good all across the board, and I think it, I wouldn't even be surprised if it comes down to a special teams error on Tampa Bay because they've really been struggling with that. But I just feel like if you go back and you look at Aaron Rodgers' numbers lately, he went like four touchdowns, three, three, like a two, and then a four and a four. You know, like he's he's feeling it. Uh, Aaron Jones is looking real good right now. Their defense is the best that I've seen a Green Bay defense probably in 10 years. Um, so I, I, it's, it's going to be party. tough for them. And they got their butts whooped by him earlier in the season. So I, I got to feel like they want to do the same exact thing right back to him. And as much as I love Tom, and I think that offense is explosive enough, and I say I love just because he's a great quarterback, not that I actually love him because he's an idiot. <laughs> Uh, but don't take that like I'm a, uh, don't take that the wrong way, Bills fans. Seriously, <laughs> um, but he's a great quarterback either way. You can't take that away from him. And I still feel like right now that Green Bay just has this vibe, this energy. I mean, yes, they whooped him. Aaron Rodgers threw two interceptions in that game early in the season. He threw five all year, right? So I just, yeah, I don't know. It would be a nice storyline though if it was Tom Brady and we it were would, able to, as long as we go. Right, it would be cool. Right, right, yeah. Right. yeah. If we were able to snatch a, a trophy from the jaws of Tom Brady, that would be the only thing that would make this season literally perfect for Bills fans. Well, would have been a little nicer too is if we didn't have like two of what feels like the smuggest quarterbacks possible on the NFC side. Like they both, they both like they're both so good that they almost have this vibe like they know it, and it's just like disgusting that they know it. But they're that good. But it's it's going to be an awesome game, I think. And I uh, I called earlier that I still I feel like Green Bay is going to going to win this game. I it's interesting that you say that because I do agree with you on that as far as Tom Brady is concerned. Um, I have to tell you though, this season specifically, watching the Aaron Rodgers interviews on the Pat McAfee show has changed my tune quite a bit on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you like him now. Well, I don't know if I would say that I like like him, but yeah say is I get I understand it more him opening that door a little bit more and kind of talking about that mentality and kind of why he is the way he is when you see that it's like okay I get it I can't hate that right I can't I mean he's a great quarterback and I, and you can't take that away from him. he's been doing it for a long time they both have interesting little tidbit though on top of this too is that so if it ends up being the Bills versus Green Bay Green Bay would be favored by two points if it ends up being Kansas City versus Green Bay, Kansas City would be favored by two points. Riddle me that. Yeah. Right? Like, why wouldn't yeah. Green Bay be favored either way? I don't know. That's right. interesting. Right? So, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's fun. It's going to be a blast, man. I'm, I've, I've somehow kept the calmest that I've ever been in a Bill season this season when it's really? been our most intense. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, I've like, I just have this really weird vibe that I just feel like I'm just, and I even like, I get worked up a little bit in the beginning of the game. And my girlfriend, who's only been a fan for like a few years now, is always like, it's going to be fine. We're going to be fine. And then we're fine. So I just, as we've got later in the season, I've progressed in it. Honestly, at this point, do I want to go to the Super Bowl? Absolutely. Do I want to be AFC champions? Absolutely. But this has been a great season. And I yeah, don't I mean, think it's going to be our last. They, they've met my expectations for this season. My expectation was to make it to the AFC Championship. They've done that. So for me, anything after that is gravy. Um, I know yeah, I mean, that I started I've the got... season today saying twelve and four. I did, when we did our season breakdown earlier in the year, I, I said twelve and four, thirteen and three AFC Championship. I'm not sure Can't, we can yeah. complain. Not at all. Not at all. I had them at 11 and five. I thought the NFC West was going to be a lot tougher for them than they ended up being. Yeah, I agree with that. That's most of my losses that I was giving were was on that on that coast. Yeah, I mean, they were traveling west a couple of times and I thought for sure that was going to that was going to hurt more than it than it actually did. But uh, definitely glad for that. So let me segue into the last little bit here. 
Um, I know you are working on a new show, hopefully soon in the near future. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. But one of the things that we talked about before uh, we started was your specific passion for like charities and and things that you're working with. And I, I know you mentioned uh, cerebral palsy. Is there is there a group that you're working with or, or somebody that you would point to or a charity you would point to if if people were interested in hearing more about you and, and maybe about something regarding that? Yeah, so when I um, when I do officially go uh, and get my show that I'm getting ready to do out there, um, my main charity that I'm going to support is going to be uh, your CPF. Um, you know, it's the Cerebral Palsy Foundation, a big, huge network worldwide. I mean, they do tons of stuff for all sorts of different levels. Uh, and Cerebral Palsy doesn't necessarily have um, a lot of foundations or big followings where it's harder to find a lot of time. Um, you know, so in research, I found there's some really great ones in Buffalo, too, that I'm going to be reaching out to in, in the real near future that I want to speak with. Uh, but overall, big overreaching. I really like what they do. And all the pers- my, my goal is going to be that, you know, if I end or ever end up, you know, being able to get people to donate to them and doing things like that, get people on the shows that, you know, any kind of funds or sponsorships or anything that comes my way, that's where I'm going to be sending my extra money is to them. I, I appreciate that sentiment. And I, I tell you what, when hopefully, you know what, I'm not going to say that when you do launch your show, when you do get it going, um, let me know. I definitely want to help out as well because uh, I find that first of all, that concept is awesome. I think it's a great idea. I'm looking forward for to you doing that. And second of all, I want to help out where I can. So once that thing gets launched, let me know. Um, hopefully I can be a part of that as well. Absolutely, man. And this is, this has been a pleasure, a uh, great conversation, uh, easy dude to talk to appreciated that you reached out and we're ready ahead of time. Uh, couldn't, you know, you're doing a great thing, man. Keep it up. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy your team. Enjoy your family because uh, I feel like just chatting with you a little bit. We've been chatting that you've got a lot of passion, a lot of drive to do great things and good things for people. And I hope people uh, get to listen to you and respond to that. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to your work. Uh, just the way that you had talked about it, that there's definitely, uh, pardon my French, but a fire under your ass there to make something happen. And I have a feeling that, that you're definitely going to do that. So I'm going to look forward to that. I'm sure at some point we'll circle back and be able to talk again. Um, I appreciate all the time that you've given me. And uh, at the end of the day, go Bills, AFC champs, hopefully. Absolutely, baby. Go Bills. <laughs> Thanks for the time. Absolutely, man.